Good evening, everybody. This is IBS Jesus coming at you guys this week on a Wednesday, not a Tuesday, April 10th, 2019. We are live with our live cast for the IBM week. Very controversial day today, talking about all the controversy in sports last week. And we also got um, a moment for celebration as the University of Virginia men's basketball team were crowned national champions, finally. So we will acknowledge them and give them their time. But in the meantime, we're going to start with all the drama. Let's see, is this Ronnie or Bailey? <laughs> is Bailey actually going to call in? Oh, all right. I don't know. She said she would. Dang, I was hoping it was her. I'd rather hear her voice than yours. Sorry. Hey. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> What's up, Ronnie? How you doing? I'm all right. Bro, look, I was going to – we were going to start with the A-B thing because she was very passionate about it. But since you called in first, uh, we will start with my favorite story of the past week. And and it's just just fate that we couldn't get on yesterday because this broke yesterday. But Magic Johnson announced that he will be stepping down from his role in the Lakers organization. Um. It's got to be one of the most strangest moments in sports so far this year. Um, but uh, you want to speak on it? Wait, wait, wait. Actually, before we speak on it, I think this might be her. Uh-oh. Is this Bailey? It is. Ha! <laughs> All right, cool. We'll start with the A-B thing then. No, nah, this is, this is going to be great because I, I wanted to get you on air so I could tell you how wrong you were, and this is great. How wrong I am? Yes, the only is thing that's going to top this, this is, yeah, I, I want to hear, I want to hear, she she wrote me this long thing, she wrote me this long thing yeah. yesterday, so I want to hear it. Because All I right, have so, very specific opinions on it. Wait a minute, because, on the page? Because or, Bailey no, called no, first, <laughs> because Bailey called first, we will, we will allow Bailey the floor. We're talking about the Antonio Brown saga, uh, our favorite receiver's favorite receiver, um, went on a tirade or tangent or whatever he was. I don't know. He he exceeded the level of diva that only T.O. knows and just ripped his teammate uh, Juju, or former teammate Juju, and, and just acted a fool once again. And our resident icebox in the group seems to be confused as to why everybody's so upset about it. So, Give us your opinion on the Antonio Brown saga, Bailey, and then we'll tell you where you're wrong. <laughs> okay, so you guys automatically were just like, oh, my gosh, this makes him a shitty person. Like, this is, like, the worst thing ever, which, like, yeah, like, what he did wasn't necessarily great, but that doesn't automatically make him a bad person. It was a bad thing, and everybody just saying that about him, I was just like, I don't really, like, see, like, what's so wrong with that. And then... What he did next was, like, that made him a bad person and exposing him. Like, that was bad. But it was the immediate attack of, like, oh, my gosh, he's such a bad person. He's such a bad person for just this one thing. Which, like, players all the time go on and say that I'm not playing on this team with this person. I'm not doing this with this person. Whether it's private or public, their action on that isn't bad. And it doesn't matter if they were teammates or not. It's not something that makes you a bad person for not liking someone or wanting to say something bad about them. So, I have a question. I understand what you're saying, but I have a question. I think, like, so if it's not your first offense in court and the judge sees you for something else, 
like it's not that we're looking at that one incident, but this guy has had the whole off season bashing teammates and the whole organization. Yeah, and you like, just said but the one you can't, thing you can't even use make... the court system because that's a corrupt system where you're supposed to get a second chance <laughs> after being let go. Whoa. Are you telling the two black kids about something else? All right, so let me jump in real quick. Oh, go ahead. Let me say this and you can jump in. I'll use Shaq and Dwight Howard. Okay, go ahead. All right, so. What do they look up to? Nah, nah. So the Shaq and Dwight thing is wrong, all right? Um, and I'm going to tell you why I think it's a wrong comparison. Like, Juju came to this man. He b- basically was raised by A.B. in the professional uh, football game. Like, that was basically somebody he looked up to like a big brother. This is a betrayal. This is a, a, a betrayal of epic proportions for the simple fact that the man has done nothing wrong to A.B. Didn't didn't ask to be MVP. But, like, how could A.B. How could AB be mad about that? Like, he, he really wore his welcome out in the Steelers organization, you want to talk about entitlement. This man didn't even play in the last game of the season that had potential playoff implications, and he expects his team to vote him to be MVP for the team? Like, come on, man. And then throw a fit after that, demand a trade because he wasn't voted MVP, and then turns around and, and attacks Juju, who wasn't doing anything. Like, the Dwight Howard and, and Shaq beef, Shaq and Dwight weren't friends. They never came. Like, Dwight didn't come up with Shaq. Dwight was on a whole nother team. Uh, he just so happened to get drafted to Shaq's team, and people were calling him Superman and this and that. So it's not – I don't think it's as personal for Shaq and Dwight because there was no uh, real connection ever established. But A.B. and Juju literally were like brothers. Like, they had their little end zone celebrations. Like he, I mean, they had a lot of chemistry as, as teammates. And then for him to act like this when he's in Oakland, it's just – it's, I don't know. I mean, I guess if we're being real, if this was my friend and I thought we was cool, I'm going to ask him what's up. When I see him, what was that about? It's, it has to be addressed. Like, to me, that's something that, you know, if Juju ran up on A.B., then A.B. deserves it, you know. Like, you, that's disrespectful for no reason. That's why I took offense to it. I don't think you can – I don't think you're viewing it as disrespectful as it is. I don't know why. But, I mean – I don't know. Do you have a friend that that you consider like a sister? Yes. All right. So imagine that friend just turns around and starts smearing your name on on Instagram and Facebook. How you gonna act? Um, I'd be butthurt, but I wouldn't like say anything. What? I mean, honestly, <laughs> the thing is, is like, <laughs> so Shaq and Howard did meet, and he had like talked to him. They played in an All Star game together. He told him that he looked up to him. He was a big fan of him. There was this whole entire thing with it. So that's why I use that comparison, just because there was this whole, and it was a very media out there. They, he spoke on it publicly. So did Howard. Like, just this huge thing. And I don't think that what he did is fine by any means, really. I don't think what half his players do, but it doesn't make him a bad person. Just because you can't ever deny that you haven't gotten mad about a friend and then gone to another friend and been like, yo, like, this person is doing this, this, and that, and they're, like, making me so mad, and this, blah, 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 and they think they're all that. You cannot deny you, you, you never said that out loud about someone. But you, did you, did you live in the social media, media age? As well, I mean, it, 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 it happens all the time. 
Hold on. Okay. You don't get mad. Wait, wait, wait. If somebody puts stuff about you on Instagram, you're going to be okay with it, a, a former friend. What am I going to do? Like, I mean, I would probably, like, text them to see, like, hey, like, what happened, blah, blah, and try and talk through it. But <laughs> Just that, there's, it's not you that, that it's not that, it. it really wasn't that deep the first time. It wasn't something that made him a bad person. It was a bad decision. Well, it was a bad, a bad thing. Person. It was disrespectful. It was rude. And the second thing was over the top and so unnecessary. But that first thing wasn't worth the amount of demonizing. But, okay, but, I'll, I'll give you two examples. I'll give you two examples. Okay. All right, the one example is he he called out the lowest moment of the season and blamed them for him for not getting the playoffs. And number two, well, I guess I got three. And he responded to the post was a response to um to Juju being the MVP. And the other thing is this is taken seriously when Kelvin Benjamin called out. Cam Newton, Cam Newton stepped to him last year, so players think that's a big thing. I mean, I got, I got, I was gonna say I've got beef with the fact that Juju had nothing to do with this, and this came from a fan throwing it in AB's face, and AB went on an attack, like went on the assault, like or the offensive with Juju. Juju had nothing to do with this, so to me. To me, that's that's some. I'm trying to be PC on on the air, but that's that's some some BS right there. Cause to, like, why would you hold on to that emotion, bro? Like, you know this man. You talk to this man. Like, like you you have his phone number. If it's that serious that you feel some kind of way, you could address that with him. But instead, you take attention whoring methods once again to 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 be woe is me. You know, people don't appreciate me and. And look at this. He was coming to me for help. We already know that. We already know Juju looked up to you. So what was the purpose of even acting like that? What was the purpose of bringing up that that particular play? There was no reason for that. No reason for that. But he did it, all that, that out of spite. What was it that I said to you at the end of my um, comment when I didn't shit. think I was going to be able to talk to you all, that uh, yeah, men do dumb you. things and bad things and are eager than they're Uh, Let's see. Um, because, like, it just like I get it. I get that I like, that people feel bad for him. I just don't really see this whole like, oh my gosh, it makes him this bad person, and he needs this huge apology. It's just it happens in life, and I don't think that the exception of him being a football player and being this great football player and Juju being this great football player and then being teammates changes the fact that they're both humans when everybody does this, and everyone like has done it before in life, though, right? Is he a bad person? But a bad teammate, yeah. A bad teammate and a bad friend. I think that's the implication. Maybe I know if our page, maybe other people are saying he's a bad person, but I think everybody's saying he's a crappy teammate. He's one of the best. That makes more sense. That's made that that makes more sense than making a whole entire article about how he's a bad person and this, this and that. And then there's also you can't totally take into consideration what happened with the other Steelers players because there's more things that we don't know about. Just like we don't know if something did happen between Juju and AB. And this is all something of like maybe he's just not telling us this one bit of information onto why this one specific thing made him more upset. But isn't what can Antonio isn't not it, tell us? I mean, I guess. Yeah. He seems to tell us everything. <laughs> yeah, I was saying, isn't it implied when Juju was like, what? Where did this come from, you know? 
But um, Bailey, thank you for calling. We appreciate it. I think we've only had two females on the show, and I think you're the second. Thank you, Bailey. <laughs> Who's the other? Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Hey, do you have any any parting words that you'd like to say? Um. Oh my God! No. Can you give her the, the mic. The, no. no, I mean the Cavs game isn't even until tomorrow. <sighs> Oh, so God. I don't have any hockey things. I don't care for basketball all that much. Oh, all right. Really? Thank you, Bailey. Thank okay. you for calling. Yeah, see you. See you. <laughs> Bye. Have a good day, y'all. All right. <laughs> what doesn't care for basketball? Oh, man, right. that, that hurt. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, I get where she's – I get where she's coming from, but, you know, like I said, some of the stuff I want to say I, I probably have to say off air because I'm not going to – I'm not gonna uh, <laughs> degrade our show with with one of my cursing but it's rants. Harder on... It's harder when it's a woman. Like she just like messed up our toxic masculinity vibe. Like if it was just <laughs> us, we probably would have said we probably would have said the words that we wanted to say. You know? Oh yeah, he would have been all kind of mfs and and this and that. But I mean, I don't think Bailey's old enough to uh, to watch uh, rated R movies, so I can't use rated R language. All right, Bailey, if you listen, you know I had to get that joke off. But um. So we've covered a little bit of the AV thing. Um, everybody's kind of got an opinion on it. Did you see the story that broke right before we got on air um, with Jack R- Jack Del Rio was saying that uh, AV was going to be a pain in the ass? That he's going to be a pain in the ass? Yeah, that was his direct quote. Well, no, I didn't see that, but, I mean, I feel like that's pretty up. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, no, well, I can't think. Del Rio's still coaching it, right? I, I can't remember. I don't, I don't know. Okay. I so think Drew, I don't uh, think he is because because it was an interview. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was an interview with NFL Network. So I, I feel like if he was still on the staff, he wouldn't have said yeah, that. Yeah, he would but, be there. But then again, you never know, man. Yeah. You never know with with how some of these organizations are run nowadays. But uh, thinking from the Raiders' standpoint, at what point do they need to like really consider reeling ABN? Like this is. To me, this is a distraction of epic proportions in the off season. Like, you're in the news talking about your other team, and, and we're trying to win football games over here in Oakland. At what point do they kind of pull them to the side and tell them, you know, cut it out? You can't. How can you pull him to the side when his behavior got him to you and you gave him more money? You can't pull him to the side. You have, you have enabled him. You have, like, you've kicked Daddy out of the house because he spoke too harshly to you. Now you can do whatever you want in the house. You're the man of the house. True, true. I I don't understand why. Why is everybody scared of this guy? I've never seen a player in the NFL just literally do what he wants, when he wants, whenever he wants. And, oh, uh, yes, you have. Yes, you have. Who? His godfather, T.O., <laughs> T.O. got blacklisted, though. Did T.O. basically? Yeah, it did. And then look at what it did to his uh, to his Hall of Fame status. He's pra- he was yeah. practically crying outside of Canton to get to get. And maybe votes that'll be. Canton. Maybe that'll be how AB ends. But as long as he was productive, he got knocked. But people kept paying him. He went to Philly. Well, he went to uh, where'd he go? But I know Baltimore. I'm trying to think. I know Baltimore tried to trade for him. He refused to go there. He went to Philly. Yeah, he, went to Philly. Welcome and held out. he went to Buffalo. He went to Dallas. 
Yeah, then then it didn't start like nobody cared until he got after Dallas, like he didn't have any more cachet, you know. But he was acting yeah. like a fool all the time. Sit ups in the driveway, crying the Tony Romo press conference. <laughs> he said Whitney and Romo were icing him out. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm I'm trying not to be too old school. I am sick of AB though. I I just. The behavior is just too much, man. It's too much. Like, like be an adult, be a grown man. Stop being a little girl. Like to me, that's 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 some female traits. I guess some people might call that sexy. So, but either way, emotions of that nature, like spite for no reason, that that is a female trait. That was that was some character assassination that was brewing for a while for no reason. Speaking of character assassination, Mike McCarthy. And Aaron Rodgers apparently didn't get along. I never knew that. I, I could not have foreseen that. I thought for sure after years of, of just barely making it uh, to the expectations that everybody had for them, that they were getting along great, you know. But apparently they were not getting along at all. And Aaron Rodgers said that, that the article was BS. Um, I'll summarize it for you if you didn't read it. Basically, um, somebody from Bleacher Report talked to a bunch of unnamed sources um, who told them that uh, Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy didn't really get along, especially towards the end of the tenure in, in Green Bay, and that there's a split between people who think that some of it is Aaron's fault, some of it is McCarthy's fault, a little bit is is Thompson's fault, but the majority of people agree that if McCarthy and Aaron had gotten along, they would have been just as good as the Patriots. Do you feel that way? No. I mean, I've always thought it was a mixed bag with this. Obviously, McCarthy has his own issues. It took him a long time to change the offense. I mean, a long time. He is from the old school. He thought that if you just line them up and you had better players, then it would work. So McCarthy took a long time. He's not much of a leader. But also, Aaron Rodgers just took it upon himself to lead the team. So, like, I think they're both at fault. But, like, Aaron and his attitude and the way he handled it made it worse, but McCarthy created a problem. So... I will say that some of the some of the things in the article were not surprising to me, and and you you're a witness to this because I I was very critical of the Packers probably since the time I got into the group I never respected them even when they were really good I always called them soft I always said Clay Matthews was overrated as as um as a defensive player he's, he's okay as a pass rusher but to me overall as a defensive player he was overrated because he he could not stop the run he run by read options and just didn't seem like he was focused on actual assignments in the defense. Um, you are on record as calling the uh, offense um, a playground offense. You know, guys just run flies and Aaron Rodgers just holds the ball until they get open. If not, he runs. Um, we jokingly called it a, a, a black QB offense, you know. Yeah. And, um, and it really that was in, And that was the article that, um, that people reported breaking up a little bit. I don't know. Uh, say something else. Testing. <laughs> yeah, we good. All right, cool. Good. So for a while there, 
when when they had the talent, when they had Healthy Jordy, they had the the uh, really young uh, Randall Cobb, they had the uh, was it James Jones? I think was his name. The other um, yeah. yeah. So when when it was like the Jermichael uh, Finley, when they had those weapons, Finley, yep. uh, the offense was running on all cylinders. Everything was great. Now within that um, offensive scheme, McCarthy allowed Aaron Rodgers to have more freedom to make audibles. Once the talent went away, when Jordy started getting hurt more, when Finley wasn't there, when Jones wasn't there, when Jennings wasn't there, um, they didn't make adjustments on the talent. And, and the article went on to say that a lot of people think that McCarthy thought that it was the system that was successful and not the players making the system successful. So in his mind, he could, he could make it work with anybody, except for, as we noted as well, throughout the last two seasons where we've been doing um, our NFL shows, the Packers did not get on the outside, which, which, didn't allow uh, for a lot of those back shoulder fades and things like that with uh, Aaron Rodgers, and he was holding on to the ball longer. Um, a lot of it was because they, they just didn't have a, an innovative scheme, and it just kind of went in the direction of Aaron Rodgers was basically taking the game into his own hands because he stopped trusting uh, Mike McCarthy, and they were noting that uh, one of Aaron Rodgers' personality traits is if he thinks he's smarter than you, he doesn't listen to you. So – I think that some of the article is true, even though, you know, they're trying to dispel it, calling it character assassination stuff. I just think that there's too much visual evidence of of um, the things that we talked about, the X's and O's, where guys are not um, creative, where everything's kind of the same thing. I think that's true. Um, I also think that this Packers figure needs to be looked at as one of the biggest things in NFL history. And, and I, I stand for that because is one of the most talented quarterbacks we've seen in a long time. And it's a crime shame that he only has one Super Bowl. One Super Bowl. You're breaking up again. I don't know if you're moving your head or something. It's only doing it sometimes. I don't know if you're moving your head or something. It's got, but, uh, it's got listening. If you're listening, I got Comcast Internet. You need to send me some money so I can get files. <laughs> <laughs> but I was saying that I thought that uh, everyone was in here. Green Bay was one of the most wasteful moments of, of the Packers to continuously make Super Bowl appearances, and just the fact that Aaron Rodgers only has one Super Bowl ring, I think that needs to be viewed as a failure. And it's not just on Rodgers, obviously. Uh, McCarthy was the coach, and then there's still a wealth of talent on, on some of those teams, but we need to start viewing that in a different light, I think. I, I think, you know, it, it's still, I still think it's 60-40 because Obviously, McCarthy, well, well, probably, what, maybe, I don't know how to do the percentages, but obviously management. Which, see, you focused on management. At first, I yeah. focused on McCarthy, and I said, you know what, these guys don't even run but bunch sets, and they don't even have the receivers anymore after Jennings left, and you still had Jordy, but that's one. They didn't have the receivers anymore to do what they were trying to do. They weren't creative. They didn't use a lot of motions. They didn't have bunch sets. They were still running like the Bill Walsh offense. Like Andy Reid hasn't run the same exact offense in years. Like he's added wrinkles, but McCarthy didn't do that. But then Aaron Rodgers got so used to trying to do it by himself, like he would not take the easy yards. People are open on slants, and he's still going for the big play. So then later 
that's what I started to see on film is that Aaron Rodgers was passing up the easy to go for the hero ball is basically what he was doing. Yeah, and and some of that is um, that is just. I mean, we're, we're dealing with a, uh, a guy who's just so talented that he's probably never really had to commit to, to systems per se, you know. Um, and I, I think it's a, it's a little uh, fortunate that McCarthy was the, the offensive coordinator uh, at the time when the 49ers took Alex Smith and that Aaron Rodgers held on to that. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I, I haven't seen anything with McCarthy saying that Alex Smith was better, but, I mean, they say it out there. I've never paid attention to it. Um, you know, and um, I don't know. I, I mean, is Aaron Rodgers that level of petty? I mean, who knows? But at the end of the day, and this might be the most slanderous thing I'm ever going to say, and, I, and I'll stand by it just because I'm about to say it, but the only difference between Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger is that Aaron Rodgers has more talent. But they're the same kind of douchebag <laughs> to me. Yeah, <laughs> the same kind of douchebag. Yeah, personality wise, they're the same douchebag. But we we accept Aaron Rodgers because he he has more talent. But if he went out through five interception games that we've seen Ben do from time to time, and and just act mm-hmm. a fool like Ben does sometimes, I, I think that people would be more critical. But but the talent is there, and, and we've seen it in flashes. And, and obviously, um, when he was younger and in his in his prime prime with the talent around him as far as receivers goes, um, he was all-time great record-wise, you know, as far as his, his quarterback rating, completion ratings, I mean, yards, touchdown, interception ratios, just all kind of just amazingly uh, efficient statistics. But it's it's fell and it's fell pretty quick. So what happens this year when McCarthy's not there? Will we be critical then? I think that article and them losing, as long as they were winning, you couldn't say much. Like if you're making the playoffs, you say, oh, look at that. They didn't uh, – they, they need to give them more help. They McCarthy's messing up. But when you just flat out lose like they were losing, and then that article comes, the character assassination thing, then you're going to be held accountable. And you got a new coach who he's not going to trust, he's not going to respect, a first-time coach whose offenses weren't that impressive. I believe he's from the Titans. I'm kind of out of football mode. But I believe yeah, he's the he, offense coordinator for Titans. So, yeah, he was. like, I don't see Green Bay just magically coming back, even though they made some moves in free agency. But I, I don't see them just going on this miracle run. So, you know, I don't know. I can't see them making the playoffs. And the Vikings should be better. And the Bears look like they're good. Yeah, and and that was one of the things that I used to harp on, and I I used to get mad about when people would tell me, oh, um, I didn't know what I was talking about. There there are windows in in every professional sports, unless you're unless you're the Patriots. There's there's typically a window where you know that you have this amount of time to to win a championship. You know, um, you could see the door closing on the Packers for a long time. I, and and I think I harped on it, what, three three years ago I made that article about uh, McCarthy being yeah. on the hot seat, and everybody was like, wow, how, wow, he just made the playoffs stupid. But when you have Super Bowl talent level teams and you're just making the playoffs, that's underachieving. Imagine if the Patriots only went to the playoffs 
and they didn't have all these rings, people they they, yeah. they would be mad. They would be mad. Like, and it's and it's the talent level. That's why because they've got so much potential. Nobody in the last decade has had the consistency that the Packers had in front office and coaching and 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 at the quarterback position. Like a lot of these teams that we've seen uh, in oh, the there's NFC. Another team. There's another team that's had that kind of consistency besides the Patriots. It's the mayor image of the AFC, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And there's a lot oh, yeah, of similarities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, see, I don't like where you're going with this. All right? I don't like where you're going with this. We're sticking to the Same NFC. Thing. We're sticking to the NFC, okay? So in the <laughs> NFC, <laughs> the Packers have had the upper hand for front. Like, think of how many coaches and quarterbacks changes that have went on just in their division alone, just in their division alone. And now we're talking about the Bears passing them and the um, and uh, who's the other team Vikings. that we were talking about? The Vikings. The Vikings passing them. And yeah. and God forbid if they don't hurry up and get it together, the, the Lions might catch them, <laughs> which would be awful. Yeah, right. But I, I can't really think of, like, the Niners had a, had a short run, but then they fell off because they had some inconsistencies. The Legion of Boom and the, and the Seahawks gave them a little bit of trouble, but again, they also had some some major shifts uh, throughout like after their run. Uh, some of that was injury related too. Um, the Panthers haven't had much of a plus. Um, they had that one Super Bowl run where Cam was exceptional, but overall, they've always been a, a nine and seven, ten and six on a good day type team that makes it to the playoffs and they're scrappy. But again not necessarily the most consistent team. The Saints fell off just a little bit, just enough, where um, they were not as uh, viewed as much of a threat either as a Super Bowl contender. Then the Rams come up, uh, and then the Cowboys end up turning their seasons around and became a competitive team as well. But the Packers have always been that consistent team staff-wise and, and the team that you always pick to, to contend for a Super Bowl uh appearance out of the NFC and they only have one to show for it. So again, I'm not trying to stay on it too long, but we, at some point we have to call that a failure. It needs to be addressed. We've, we've criticized people for much, much less yet the Packers get a pass and, and I for one won't give them a pass. And, and that's why I say Boston's in title or uh, title towns in Boston. <laughs> yeah. Look, those people are gone for the group. Move on. <laughs> All right. Hey, look, we got a we got a caller, and I'm sorry you've been on for five minutes while I've been ranting. I apologize. Is this oh god? Is this Joe? It's he. What's up, man? Dang it, man! I keep I don't know. I don't remember your number. Ugh, Every time, come on, man. Joe. Every time. I know. But I can't I do, wait till we start getting more callers. No, go ahead. <laughs> I do uh, agree with your analysis, your comparison of of, of Big Ben and and. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and why we give Aaron Rodgers a pass. I think you're totally right. I, I, I think it's it. I think it's the charm. It's the, like Big Ben's not a charming guy. You know, Aaron Rodgers is that charming sort of dude who is just immensely talented. So we, he gets that pass. I, I do think Ben has been graced with a, uh, a better run organization. I think you were, you were right about that as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm not going to, I think you, you pretty much covered everything. So I'm not going to touch on that too much. Um, I was interested to see what y'all thought about the uh, the Russell Wilson situation. 
<laughs> you know what? I I'll start I'll start on this Ronnie because it's my decision. I give the uh, cowboy fans and the fan base a hard time because I love to get reactions out of them. But man, I mean the the Seahawks put all their eggs in, in the Russell Wilson basket. They can't they can't mess this up. They they have to pay the man what he wants. They have to get I agree. get a deal done. Like it, it's it makes no sense. I mean they literally sacrificed their image. Uh, for Russell Wilson, if if they don't pay Russell Wilson, then then I'm definitely gonna go right on back to that Super Bowl and yell at the top of my lungs, "You should have ran the effing ball." <laughs> that that was the oh. the turning point of the Seahawks uh, officially putting everything they had in in the Russell Wilson basket, and he's all they've got left from that from that run, and to you know to allow him to not not get paid or or move on. Uh, would be kind of weird and and to me signal the end of the Pete Carroll uh, era. If Russell goes, Pete goes. I know that for a fact. Uh, I think that you're totally right. I think Russell Wilson is worth the money, first of all. And I think that, uh, you know, he had an extremely efficient year last year. He had a career-best passer rating, career-best touchdowns, tied for career low in interceptions. Um He's coming into it at exactly the right point. I mean, he, he, you know, and he had no run game. He got sacked 51 times. I mean, you got to give the man some help. A lot of that I know is people will say it's it's him holding on to the ball, but it's not like he's got a whole lot of talent to throw to. It's pretty much Doug Baldwin, and that's it. So, I mean, I, I think that I think you do. I think you got to pay the man, and I think that he's going to get a contract that people are going to be upset with because it's going to look like Matt Ryan's but bigger because he's got the success that Matt Ryan doesn't have. He's got a level of consistency that Matt Ryan has, and he's younger than Matt Ryan. So it's, I think it's got to be at least that much money. I'm not uh, – uh, This is the you – No, know, I haven't got in yet. Let me get it. Uh, I oh, no, all right, go ahead, because I was going to defend somebody, but go ahead. I'm not even playing devil's advocate, but Andy Benoit, who we've had on the podcast before, and uh, if y'all not follow my Twitter, you should. He was saying – and this is too much. He was saying that – you should let Wilson go and then just get a rookie to replace him and get left on the cap. Now, and he, he used the Kobe Bursette. And that seems a little bit too much out there. But honestly, I'm not paying a quarterback $30 million unless they are so transcendent that they can get me to the playoffs alone. I'm definitely not paying a quarterback $30 million or giving them a $200 million contract when the way we win the game is to do running game, do a running game, play good defense, and then let him make plays to win it at the end. I'm not committing that sure. much money to that. I'd rather be on a rookie contract and build a team back up. But with that I being am... said, they haven't been a running oriented. I mean, they are a running oriented team, but they haven't had like somebody that really, from the running back position, has been able to to excel to the level where they don't depend but on Russell's arm. Last year, though. They had like four backs. They were rotating. That was the philosophy that they said got them back to basics. You know, that's their offensive philosophy is to run and do play action and keep it close. I still feel like they haven't committed enough, uh, I mean, through the draft or or financially to uh, the offensive line. Uh, You mean you're looking at guys, you know, their first-round pick uh, in Rashad Penny, I mean, through the end of September and in the first couple games was averaging like, like less than three yards of carry, something like that. I mean, it was, it was crazy. Russell Wilson got sacked 12 times in the first two games. I mean, it's just like uh, 
I get what you're saying about not wanting to pay, and and I will agree to you that you that I will agree and say that it is too much that in the NFL right now quarterbacks are getting paid too much, too high a percentage of the cap is going towards the quarterback position, but that's where the market is. So I, I mean, it's kind of one of those things like there's that team aspect of we have to keep a face of the franchise too. We can't like just turn over the face of the franchise. But I agree when it comes to like the, the money ball side of it, you might be better off rolling with somebody and then investing that money elsewhere. But I think that at that point you should just accept that it's time to rebuild the Seahawks. Yeah, if they're not going to sign Russell, um, if nothing comes out of this, they need to blow the whole team up. Uh, I think he yeah. needs to leave. And then because I know Corey might end up hearing this at some point throughout the week, you can't disrespect Tyler Lockett like that. Uh, he he is talented. No, you're schemed effectively. He is going to be you. You were right. And and it, yeah, I was gonna say if I didn't if I didn't address that, uh, we probably wouldn't be friends. I would definitely get a get yeah. a text about it. That, <laughs> and and that is and that's absolutely fair. I think that uh, I think that you're you're correct about that. I I, sh- I shouldn't disrespect the man, but I do think that it's it. I, I like the level of talent that he has. I just think that mm-hmm. the receiving core as a whole and really the talent level on that team is is underwhelming at best. I mean, it's yeah. um. And and there's just when when the Rams are in that division right now, there's I don't think there's any there's no way that you can realistically think that you are winning that division with the team as currently constructed. You're playing for a wild card spot and the season hasn't even started. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Hey, um, so thanks for calling, Joe, because you do call every week. Um, <laughs> you got anything you want to uh, say before you go? No, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, man. Thanks for calling. Absolutely. Hey, he he did bring up a good point because I really haven't I haven't touched on the Russell Wilson thing at all, and it's mostly because I do as I say I do enjoy picking on uh, Cowboy fans and the fan base about their uh, lack of money in that organization. But I mean, the Seahawks don't have anybody else to depend, so I just I just don't really see how they can't work this out. And and again, if if it doesn't come. Um, come around where Russell's actually signed with that team that I I truly believe that they just need to blow the whole thing up and just start over from the ground. Um, Pete's kind of old, ain't he? Ain't he older than he looks? He's like he's in old, his 70s. He's got a young spirit. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's older than people think. Can, 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 can he even – does he even have the energy to teach the game to somebody again, like a rookie? I don't know. Pete kinda... used to have, like, tireless energy, though. Pete seems to be, like, one of the most energetic people like, in the world. Like, if you hear him talk, he's just always, like, positive. And Pete is, like, kind of crazy that he's so positive. <laughs> he's wild. Yeah, I mean, he's, like, not wild, okay. but he's just, like, one of those people that believes in positive energy, doesn't try to be negative and everything. Okay. I was I was going to say, because I, I know, um, I think I heard them say his age one time on 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 the air, and I was like, no way. Because <laughs> he he's does like look Trump. young. And he, he's like Trump. You don't realize how old he is because of the way they um, act? I, I realize how old Trump is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we, we covered enough of football because the biggest story still uh, we, we say for just us two, and that, and this is actually perfect because I will represent the new school, and you can represent the old school because this is your guy. This is your guy. Y'all going to take this L. Magic Johnson quit. Magic Johnson quit. Now he said he would quit if he didn't think he could do the do the job the way it should be. 
But I'm not letting him off the hook because that's not the vibe that I got that he thought. I didn't think that when he announced his uh, he was stepping down, the interviews I've seen and the way he acted, I did not get the vibe that he was leaving because he didn't think he could do the job. I got the vibe that he was leaving because it wasn't he wasn't allowed to do what he wanted to do with the organization. What do you think? I, honestly, people are trying to think of all of these uh, elaborate things because they don't believe that Magic would do this. And honestly, and I love Magic Johnson. He's one of my favorite personalities. But that smile, that smile and that charm has covered all his things. We talked about a man that became heroic and a poster child for HIV. And in reality, he was extremely promiscuous. But then he became a hero for being promiscuous and then, you know, (laughs) announcing his disease. Magic Johnson had the magic hour, 11 shows, and he quit. Magic Johnson was the coach of the Lakers, 15 to 20 games, and he quit. Magic Johnson was on NBA Countdown, and then he suddenly quit. Magic Johnson, president of basketball operations for the Lakers, and then he quit. Magic, the only job Magic is okay with is being Magic, being an ambassador for the game, running his businesses, smiling, giving good interviews. That's it. It's just like he's an extension of his playing career. But Magic is only good at being Magic. Uh, dang, that that was not what I expected, and that was very good. Yeah, see, y'all people hold me to the old school crap. I'm not old school. No. I'm versatile. I go both ways, Paul. No, no, y'all need to hold this L because we always hear about how soft everything is nowadays, and and this is the softest thing I've ever seen from a from a grown from a man his age, uh, from his generation. He couldn't even look Jenny uh, in the eye and tell her that, that he was quick. That's that's whack, bro. I, and 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 I mean, at this point, I think everybody's got the same details um, that that I read. Um, but I, I did go to the. Um, to the LA Times because the LA Times is, is very pro Laker, obviously. So I, I knew that their um their interpretation was going to be um pretty accurate. And it it was a shock to everybody there. Like he showed up and he he was like, Hey, there's Rob, you know, hey, what's up, Rob? And and he's like, Come on over, Rob. I was, I wanted to talk to everybody. And the guy was writing that, you know, he was smiling and then the smile went away and he was like, effective immediately, I'm stepping down. So, so to, to your, um, to what, you know, to what you said is accurate, you know, that smile hides things because he shocked everybody there. And, and I stand by what I said this morning, that this is one of the most embarrassing things that's ever happened to a storied franchise. It's embarrassing. Like you can't even, you can't even get a legend in your organization to hold the position. And then the way he, he just, he basically just no call, no show. Just <laughs> yeah. Like the word, that's embarrassing. But he, he mocked them. That made it even worse. He said he wasn't able to tweet and he didn't like that, but then he laughed. He said, <laughs> this is the best clip of the year. He said, people talking to me about see you next year, see you next year. He's like, I'm not going to be here. Yeah, <laughs> that was great though. He was like, he was like, like yeah. He was so cold. He was so co- not cold because the only thing he cared about was Jeannie. There was no other part of that that he cared about dipping. He didn't express regret or anything except for her, his personal relationship 
with her. Yeah, and and it's um it's interesting because you know a lot of the theories that people had was already um, figured out before before um, he finished his press conference based off some of the things that he said. Like he hinted that he wanted to fire Luke and and that uh, Jeannie didn't, and then. We know we got a story out today saying that she told him to do whatever he wanted to do or what he thought was best. So at the end of the day, I think what we're going to see in the next coming days or whenever this story pops up again is basically the Lakers trying to save face saying that we gave Magic the opportunity and creative uh, freedom to do whatever he wanted to do. He just chose not to do it. And Magic's got to gotta fall on the sword, I mean, for the organization. If he If he doesn't, again, this is embarrassing for them. And and what does this but say he, for the players? Yeah. You know what, though? He could have. All he had to do was say, look, Jeannie, I'm out. We can wait two, three weeks to announce it. But he didn't have to go in and do an impromptu press conference. He just really did it, like, in the bowels of the of the stadium. Like, he just said, hey, y'all. I'm, you know, he could have given them a professional way to do this and a chance to transition, a chance to do a PR thing. But he didn't do it. He just had to be out that moment. He couldn't take it anymore. And that's just that's just wild to me. The man called this a dream job and then just left like that. Like there's more to this story. Something's up. Something's you would up. think so, uh, story. the only thing charismatic people. You know what this made me realize? That extremely charismatic people are flaky as hell because they get away <laughs> with their personality. But then when they got to grind, they out. They like social butterflies. You don't really get all of a person that's charismatic and that outgoing. They just they treat every per- like Bill Clinton. They treat everybody they're with for that five minutes like they're the most special person on earth. They're doing it to everybody, <laughs> so, and yeah. they move on. Yeah, it's it's just like, do you think if AD had got traded to the team, he still would have left? Probably not, because <laughs> then it would right. be fun. It would have been fun. I, or he definitely wouldn't have left this season. It might have been a, it would have been after they lose next season and the pressure <laughs> and they didn't make the finals. Then he would quit after <laughs> next season. Yeah. So where where do we see the Lakers go here? How do they save face as an organization? I mean, obviously the fans in our group are happy and, and people I know that are Laker fans are happy, but I I don't think a lot of people um, especially fans, for sure, they don't take in the business aspect of, of things like this. And and this is, this is uh, like I said, it's an embarrassment to the organization. And to me, it, it kind of makes the Lakers um, a less desirable destination for his replacement and for players. You would think, but but it's still the Lakers. That's like people still talk about New York. You turn around and you're the you turn it around. You're the king of New York. The Lakers still had a prestige. The Celtics went through this uh, during what the '90s or whatever, and even during some of when Paul Pierce was struggling with it. Like they're still the Lakers. They still have an unlimited checkbook. What they got to do is be like Alabama. When Alabama was down, they were willing to pay Nick Saban any amount of money. They, they they've got to take their time, not go for the headlines. Because big cities, and I was talking about this with a guy on Twitter, big cities and legacy teams, they want to go back in the past to try to find somebody, and they want to get ticket sales up, and they don't really care about the slow process of winning. Can you imagine the Lakers 
trying to build a team the same way OKC did? I mean, they had an opportunity to trade away their assets. <laughs> I know, but they it, that but that kind of build of drafting Westbrook, drafting Durant, drafting Harden, drafting Ibaka, and letting those guys develop. That's just not how the Lakers do things. They've always been yeah. able to get the easy fix. Go get Wilt. Go get Shaq. You already got Kobe. Let you just go get it. Go get Dwight Howard. Go get Steve Nash. Go get Gary Payton. Go get Carl Malone. Like, that's just what they do. They're not into, like, building a team. They're like the Cowboys, even though Jerry kind of figured out a little bit of what to do. But what you do is you call Sam Presti and you say, look, $10 million, $15 million. You call R.C. Buford. I don't care if they hang up in your face. You call uh, Griffin from, and, you know, I don't necessarily think he's great, but it's still he did all right in Cleveland. You call him. You offer him some money. You get uh, Messiah Jerry in Toronto. That might be the ticket. You say, look, $10, $15 million. Take this franchise, and you can be a god. Yeah, but what are we – what are we um, getting for a coach? I mean, this would be my questions as a GM. Who's going to be the coach? And then the actual GM, he didn't get fired. But um, if if I do come to be, you know, what Magic Johnson was, I mean, there's already reports talking about that the uh, GM is getting more power and they're they're investing in him more. Like, where where's what is the direction of this franchise before I sign on? Because when when Magic left, the look on Magic's face was relief. Like he was in a stressful situation, yep. and and he was just so glad that tomorrow when he wakes up, he can go right back to sleep. <laughs> so I <laughs> well, I need to know as a as... Magic didn't want to work hard. That was part of it too. Magic didn't want to work mm-hmm. hard. But yeah, well, that just goes against everything people say. In, mm-hmm. If if you bring somebody in. You got to give them total control. Like, that's just it. If they want to fire Rob, they fire Rob. If they tell Rob to do something, Rob got to do it. It's really got to be a saving thing. You just say, look, this is yours. Do what you want. This is yours, Parcells. You got to build in a team builder, like uh, Jerry did for Parcells for like a year and a half. Like, you just got to say, this team belongs to you. You figure it out. Like, the, uh, uh, Billy Bean is the best example, right? Billy Bean, mm-hmm. he saved yeah, the restaurant. Yeah. Then he went and saved the, the cup. That's what you got to do. You got to find a genius and uh, say, Theo, uh, Epstein uh, did that. Not Billy Bean, yeah, Theo Epstein, I'm sorry. Yeah. Which, which Epstein, is one of the all. most, yeah, one of the most uh, incredible managing uh, or front office like moves that I've ever seen. I mean, the man turned around 200 year droughts <laughs> in a matter of a decade. Yeah. For both teams, and exactly. and if you think about it, some people go. Bean, he's a money ball guy. Yeah, money I'm ball. Thinking? Billy yeah, Bean yeah. still doing Billy Bean things, um, but yeah, it, it's just it's one of those things where, like you said, they they just gotta they gotta embrace the future, and if they and instead of focusing on players and going to get players, they've got to go get somebody in the front office right now. Um, so hopefully they can channel that same regression and and, and make it work. Uh, the NBA just isn't the same without, you know, Lakers and Celtic rivalries or, or both of those teams being, you know, good. Like, baseball is not the same when the Yankees are not good. Football is not the same when the Cowboys are not good. It's just these are the teams that people love to hate, and they've got story franchises. Um, 
the Patriots will never be the Cowboys when it comes to being the team that people love to hate. It's just not going to happen. Um, so we need these teams to be good for the sports to continue to thrive. So I'm going to root for the Lakers. I'm going to root for the Lakers. And um, we've been going on pretty long, so since we only got a couple minutes left, I want to say congratulations to you. It's great. It's been a good show, Ronnie. Um, <laughs> now nah, I'm not going to do them like that. UVA won their first national championship uh, for men's college basketball. And I know you was bumping a lot of my old posts, so I guess I should – do you want me to apologize? Because I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to apologize. Let me tell you, I've been in I've been in Charlottesville all week. I've been in Charlottesville all week. So I was there when they won, and I was there, you know, afterwards as well. During the day, obviously, um, not at night. But Charlottesville is not that enthusiastic about it. They they honestly like the not the students. I'm talking about the the actual citizens of Charlottesville could care less. Could care less. I don't know if it's because most of them got too much money, or they just worried about like actual things like the next Tiki Torch rally or whatever. But they could care less about UVA winning you know the national funny? championship. You know what's funny? I lived there five years, and there's this cultural divide between the students and the people that live there. They don't really like UVA. Like unless you're <laughs> like an alumni, alumnus or something, they don't like them. And the UVA, because my ex-wife went there, the UVA kids had a name. They didn't call them townies, but they had like a derogatory name for the people that lived in the town. So like they're not into it. The campus is like a city unto itself, you know. As soon as you get off that campus ground, it's a whole different place. And look, when we were at VCU, we used to call uh, Richmonders natives. That was our derogatory term. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it saves lives, literally, sometimes. You you know, hey, that person's a native. Don't follow them through Monroe Park. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so uh, but, yeah, it just, it just, I mean, God, it's your first championship ever, you know? Like, I wanted to see some. When I was at VCU, we went to the Final Four. We tore Broad Street down. We were tearing down, mm-hmm. like, streetlights, jumping Isn't on police cars and stuff. Isn't that the first championship? Isn't that the first that's probably the first yeah. Division one. Yeah, like, I think it is. Like, like I think God, baseball you used to do, but I don't think they ever won. Like, it's definitely the first baseball or football championship the state has ever had. And so, yeah. like, everybody should be turned up. And it was dead, it was man. Tech, it was, it the really whole was state burned down. Rich it was disappointing. Burned down. Blackbird oh, yeah. burned down. <laughs> Everything oh, yeah. was burned down. If it was uh, Roanoke was burned down. Like, if it was Tech. So, so um, before we close, because I, I know some people probably want to know, um, and we've all been critical of UVA at some point, um, but it's been at least the last four, five years where people have said that the Tony Bennett style of basketball can't win a national championship. Uh, what do you think was the, the difference in outside of obviously the teams that they played in their bracket, but as far as execution, why was this UVA team able to overcome uh, the trial of uh, March Madness after being the team that was the only one seed to ever lose to a 16. One, Tony Bennett's a hell of a coach. And to be able to get those kids up off the mat and do something, to have a kind of season to be a one seed again, that's, that's almost more surprising to me than winning the championship because to be able to get that team to perform the way they did during a regular season is amazing after that hangover from that. Then I would like to say, and this doesn't take anything away from UVA, 
because this happens in every championship run, but they got more of it. They were just really lucky. That helped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Luck is better to be lucky than good. And then the other thing is DeAndre Hunter. Well, guy too. But the difference between having DeAndre Hunter there and not there is night and day because then you have a legit scoring option that's an NBA-caliber player that can get buckets for you and, and make it an impact on defense then, too. You got a dog. That's the only dog they've really got physically. True. I was going to say that um, I, I've been on record, even in one of the threads that you bumped, I was on record saying that this was the best UVA team that they've ever had um, based off the fact that they have actual NBA talent level uh, capable player or players, um, guys who could create their own shots. Kyle Guy could create his own shot. He wasn't the stereotypical yeah, uh, um, white boy from three. Like he was, he was able to create. And when the games got tight and, and situations where we're used to seeing UVA score uh, in the low 50s, uh, barely 60, they were able to get 70 plus. Uh, and that was throughout the year, actually. Throughout the year, they were able to get yeah. 70 plus. There were games where, where they had to run a little, and it was the first time they played um, Duke, I think, where they scored um, over 70. And I was I was like, okay, so this this team is different because in those situations they would have probably scored in in the um, in the 60s at best, and, and Duke would have beat them by double digits because Duke continued to score, but they hung in there, and I and I knew then that this team was different. So I wasn't. I mean, obviously, I didn't pick them to win my bracket, so I'm not gonna say I wasn't shocked that they didn't win. I'm just, I'm just happy for them that they were able to change that around. I think that's a great story. You go from literally the most embarrassing thing in sports history to uh, to become a national champion. So, I guess if that were a, an apology, I mean, I, I would hope they would accept it. But just know, next year, I'm I'm back at your neck. So, I just try to hold people accountable. I held the people accountable that disappeared <laughs> and ran away. Time to hold y'all accountable for slandering. Because even after they lost, y'all still were slandering this year. <laughs> Man, we just didn't get y'all what y'all wanted to hear. What? It's all good. It's been a good show, man. We've been on this for about an hour. That's usually about our runtime anyway. Uh, support the brand. Uh, Iconobomb is our Twitter handle. Uh, we've got a PGA podcast out there for the Masters, which we didn't touch on. Uh, and that was intentional. So you guys go out. If you want to know about the Masters, go check out the podcast. Um, Ronnie did um, did a, a draft preview podcast, I think, uh, with with um, who was it that you talked to? Matt Waldman, yeah, Matt, Matt Waldman, okay. time guy, really detailed, really good. Yep. So check that out. We're we're providing content as best we can. Also, we've got our all star groups where you can get my best bets from time to time, or you can just holler at me and uh, get on this baseball run, which we are making a little bit of money. It's slow because it's the first month, but we're getting there. Uh, so again, just support the brand. Uh, call in next week and uh, we'll be here. See you later, everybody.